is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Brant, and I love Hallmark movies. Hey, I'm Panda, and I like Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Ron. I make Hallmark movies. And I'm Nelson, and I'm Kenny in Hallmark movies. <laughs> and this is the Deck the Hallmark podcast. What a day it is. It's kind of one of those days that you dream about for so long. We saw The Christmas Train as one of our preview episodes before we even started the official podcast. And in that, we made fun of a bartender. That's right. The bartender (laughs) had drinks that didn't make sense. I'm not sure he knew what alcohol was. (laughs) And his name was Kenny Kwan. And then it turned out Kenny Kwan was in another movie. Then we found out that all those movies were directed by the wonderful Ron Oliver. And now... This is the last episode of Deck the Hallmark because we said as soon as we got Kenny on the show, it was done. We'd shut it down. And we've got Ron Oliver and Nelson Wong, better known as, oh my gosh, they killed Kenny. There he is. <laughs> How, you guys, How are you guys right feeling? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Nelson? I'm doing great. I'm thrilled now, to be on the podcast. Now, yeah. two things. One is you guys are supposed to be quarantining and not in a social gathering, but clearly you're both at the same tiki party. And so I'm wondering... <laughs> Why you broke the rules so early in the morning. You can't fool us just because you're in different parts of the party. That's right. No, no, no. <laughs> like, we're aware of what's well, going actually, on. Actually, to be honest with you, traditionally, unless we're making a picture together, I try to stay at least six feet away from the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's em. probably best. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably best. Now, now, Nelson, you told me before we started you're a huge fan of the podcast. What's your favorite episode? Oh, and my favorite episode is the interview with Mr. Ron Oliver. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. That's a great <laughs> That's answer. my favorite episode. Somebody's the, I, but I, I listen to that on a loop. Somebody's <laughs> <laughs> That's why that episode has so many listeners. Yeah. It's crazy. Somebody's worried about their spot as Kenny Kwan. Uh, you know, Randall Park has been on the phone with Ron Oliver. He's- That's right. Oh. <laughs> uh, um, I understand he's available now. So. <laughs> let's let's dive in, Ron. Um, you've been on the show before, so I don't really care to talk to you very much. Uh, for a little bit, you're just kind of here. Happened. Nothing. Nothing new. So. Yeah. Hey, here's the thing, Ron. As much positive publicity, I try to talk bad about Hallmark movies, and you try to make good ones. It's not a great relationship. You're making too <laughs> too good of a movie. Can you back it off a little and and start putting some schlock up there? I'll, well, I'll see what I can do. I've got another one coming out soon, so we'll see what happens. I got you. Perfect. Uh, um, uh, Nelson, I'm just going to call you Kenny. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yes, most people do. Yeah. Let's talk about you uh, for a little bit here because I don't, I don't know your story. I don't know what your deal is. I don't know how you became Kenny. So tell everybody a little bit about uh, yourself, uh, how you kind of got into acting, uh, and, and all that good stuff. Okay, um, I, uh, I'm from New Zealand originally, born wow. in New Zealand, and I uh, was raised in Vancouver and raised on television and just loved uh, TV. So when I got, as soon as someone asked me what I wanted to do for a living, I said, I want to be an actor. And uh, uh, that, that was a, a, a questionable life choice, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, started doing sketch comedy, started uh, um, working in Vancouver, and then... Uh, got to meet and work with Ron Oliver in um, 
the Donald Strachey mystery series on the movie Third Man Out, and that's where Kenny Kwan was born. Wow. Can I, can we yeah. back up to sketch comedy? Because we're not just going to roll past right. that. Right, no, like no, it no. Happen. When you say sketch comedy, like was this like improv or is this televised sketch comedy? It was it was stage sketch comedy. Oh boy! It was where you cut your teeth. If, yeah. you, if you don't get a laugh, you die. So what? And uh, if you get a laugh, you kill. So it's of, life and death stage. What kind of crowds were coming in for Vancouver stage set comedy? <laughs> uh, mostly people in yoga pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, on their way or to and from yoga. Was there a go-to sketch that just crushed that you were like, "This is the Nelson Wong. This is my biggest laugh sketch." Uh, I wrote one that was sort of a parody of Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan, uh, absolutely. Right, Jackie Chan. If he if he lost his ID and had to go to the bank, uh, so pleading. Uh, we have time. Uh, can, I, I have to. can we hear some of that, please? Just a little bit. Don't you know, children is innocent. You'll have to go to YouTube to uh, see the rest of the sketch. But that's Jackie at his most earnest. That's good. I That's love good. it. That's, That's not bad. Your dad accused kids of lying. <laughs> <laughs> He's very earnest. Very earnest. Yeah. Did you? Cr- did it crush in Vancouver with all the white people? <laughs> it did, shockingly yeah. enough. Yeah. All the white people in Vancouver. I mean, they all know how to use chopsticks, and they all order in Chinese. So it's a real strange. Oh wow. That's a, that's a, uh, so it's, a, it's a wonderful sort of uh, soup of of humanity. Canada, quite, so quite weird. a mix. Canada, yeah. so weird. So weird. <laughs> Um, so you, uh, you're, you're doing the sketch stuff. Uh, when did it kind of transition into, uh, being on, on screen film? What was that transition like for you and, and how did it happen? Um, well, Vancouver's got a really healthy, uh, TV and film scene. There's a lot of, uh, locations that people like to shoot in. It's, it's good for the budgets. Um, and there's a, there's quite a talent pool. So I was mentored by, uh, quite a lot of Canadians as, as seen, there you got it nailed it <laughs> there it is <laughs> so um uh, the the mentorship process happens it's it's a uh, get, being under ron's wing was great um and yeah uh, i'm still learning can, can we get before we go a second further can you say something bad about ron oliver please um <laughs> just something that just like we wouldn't know just something because he just seems like the best guy like, yeah i'm trying my best here yeah, I don't have something bad about Ron Oliver. Uh, there's there's only one of him. Wow. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. That's, so that's terrible. Ron, Ron, when did you realize that working with Kenny was go- working with Nelson and Kenny was going to be more than just a one time thing? Um, actually, I can speak exactly to that. We were doing uh, we did this movie called Third Man Out and he and I had been friends for a little while and I didn't know he was an actor until much into our friendship and uh he mentioned it one day and i said well look why don't you come and do this movie with me you can take a little party you play this uh, hotel clerk so i wrote him two scenes in this movie because i like to hang out with people i like i like to make movies with people i like because life's too short yeah so <laughs> so i said look okay come make the thing so he does this and the scenes the two scenes are hilarious he's great in the movie and we go to the Philadelphia Film Festival with the movie, and we screen it at the opening night of the festival. And people loved his character. Like, they loved it. They laughed out loud. They clapped. It was great. So I thought, okay, when we made a sequel to that movie, I said, let's bring that character back. And then it just became Kenny again. And then so we did four <laughs> of those movies. And then we did a – didn't we do a ABC movie, ABC Family Christmas movie with, with uh, Tom Arnold? 
and, yes. and Jordan. And I brought you into that. You were Kenny in that one. And that's when it really started because like, yeah, let's have more Kennys. So now how many is it? 25 Kennys now? 26. 26. 26. 26. 26 Kennys. Wow. We just, fin- we just finished a movie called, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Exit Stage Death, which was one of the Picture Perfect Mysteries mysteries. And they're very stylized, these films. So they kind of let me get away with stuff that most people don't get away with a Hallmark. And so it's all very stylish and very sort of 60s and a bit tongue-in-cheek. And I thought it was a perfect place for him. So we brought Kenny on the first one. And then on the second one, he wasn't in. Everybody complained. Like all the stars <laughs> and were like, where's Kenny? I actually had notes from the network going, isn't Kenny in this one? I said, well, look, I couldn't find a place to put him. So we brought him in on this third one. Now he's returned. So yeah. he's actually got some funny stuff. How in could it, so. you mm-hmm. not put Kenny in the movie? I, Ron, I will say this. I did not watch the Picture Perfect Mystery series, but I caught the opening credit scene of it at the end of one we were watching. And it was like, is this still Hallmark Channel? Like, what is happening right now? So kudos to you that you got permission to do that. Well, I, thank you. But kudos to them for letting me get away with it because – um, I didn't want to do a franchise. I didn't want to do a mystery movie because I, I just, it's just not my thing. I don't like whodunits so much. I like why whydunits. So mm. um, I wasn't like really engaged in it particularly. And they sent me a script. They said, okay, you can do whatever you want. And I read it and I thought, well, what if we do like, a, like the Pink Panther yes. um, meets, the, meets the Thin Man? If we do that, then, then that would be fun for me. And so they said, sure, go ahead. And so we did. And like the further we kept pushing it creatively – I kept waiting for notes. Like I was waiting for someone to go, what the heck is he doing? And they just let us go with it. And the two stars of the movies, Carlos Alexa Penavega are just, I mean, a dream to work with. So they, they've been supportive and our executives at Hallmark have been great. And our exact producer, Jim Wilber has been great. It's, it's been fantastic. Have you written any of the, the mystery movies? Forgive me. No, for not knowing. no, I tried to write one. Um, uh, another one a while ago that they wanted me to try one about a psychic. But then they gave me a note said, does she have to be psychic? And I thought, and I'm just, I'm not really a good mystery writer. Cause I don't, again, I, I just, I subscribe to Mr. Hitchcock's theory that when the police show up, the movie's over. That's right. I just don't care yes. about who, cause it becomes a puzzle. Yeah. So we tried to make these movies with real enough style and kind of um, great characters and everything to keep you engaged. And there are, the audience loves puzzles. Like they really love the mystery. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's the best of both. I've not seen these, but my thing with the mysteries is there's just so much exposition like it, it, on the Hallmark movies and mysteries. Like there's just so much, like everything has to be said out loud in the movies. Like it, why, why is that Ron? Like why do they have to pack it with, like, at least with the romances, you can let a scene breathe a little bit. And, like, the mysteries, like, I just feel like everyone's saying everything that happened. Like, it's just an explanation of narrative over and over again. Like, what's going on there? Well, well so much of that is part of the tradition of those movies because even in the classic mysteries, there's always that scene at the end where the guy stands up and goes, I brought you all here together at the dinner table <laughs> to you. And yeah. then they go around and everybody like, you did this. And so there's a tradition to it. Um, some of it also to be really blunt about it is budgetary because sometimes you're kind of stuck going, um, I can't show the trip to Paris that they took, but I can tell you about it. So there's some of that happens as well. Um, I'm proud to say though, the, the ones we're doing that the picture perfect mysteries, we have that down to a minimum because I try to be visual with everything. Cause my theory has always been, if you can show it, show it, don't tell it. And so we try really hard to make, um, all that stuff visual. So the audience sees items and objects. And they connect the dots through that way. Plus, it's about a photographer 
which helps a lot because then you've got the pictures. You don't have to tell the story so much through words. Man, maybe we need to give it a shot. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. N- Nelson, 26 Kennys, which one is the most memorable? And aside from the first, you did obviously the first you could say, but which Kenny is the most memorable? Um, I, th- I don't know. There's, there's been so many, and they're all memorable for different reasons. Uh, the most recent one's obviously the most memorable because it's it's in the recent memory. Because um, there's no long-term but, uh, folks. It's sad, you know. Um, but, I just read it and forget it. But uh, there was a, there was a, the the way of making Kenny was uh, you know taking the getting the script and seeing well what, what's the Kenny Kwan part. And I think we did. Uh, it was a movie called All She Wants for Christmas. Okay. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> like who's who's Kenny going to be in this small town? It's it's a small Christmas town, and there's the couple and the the parents of the couple. So like Kenny doesn't really fit into that world, uh, and it ended up being uh, what, what was what, what the, the, well, the character said, is written. So what I said was okay. There was this this diner owner. Somebody owned a diner in the town, and her name was Mitzi. <laughs> and I said, well, that's the Kenny Kwan part right there. And like, but it's Mitzi, <laughs> like a like a six year old woman. I said, exactly. And we won't change a word. So he comes in to play Mitzi. And he's got a like a bowling shirt with Kenny on it, I think. And no, I think it, well, it had Mitzi's it, diner. Mitzi, yeah. But, but, so, but then I had a name tag. Yeah. yeah, Kenny, yeah. Somebody says to him, uh, so uh, you're Mitzi? And he looks at her and goes, yeah, I'm Mitzi. And that <laughs> sold the whole thing. I love Man, that. I gotta, that was, is, is that a Hallmark movie? I, yeah, uh, to be honest with you, my favorite—that um, was a lifetime. Okay. My favorite, uh, uh, Kenny, is still the one, the Plaza uh, that we did yes. when we did Christmas Plaza. That's my favorite Ooh. Kenny today, because that was such an adventure, and you know we had the most extraordinary time making that movie. And then we all got to go to New York. Um, we shot it in New York, and then when we got to go back there for the premiere of the film and they put us up at the hotel and they had this big party for us and and you guys should have been oh never mind yeah <laughs> 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 to the invite run <laughs> that's hey that's you can make it, it up it was it, such a if you ever make a movie like i don't know like in london or paris <laughs> you can invite us to the premiere <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. i don't think that's happening dan <laughs> well uh, here's the thing um bill abbott said that we could start coming to these premieres and then he's and, like, then, and, and he's now going, he's not there that's anymore. Right. so <laughs> uh, don't say anything yeah. don't say anything you can't commit to <laughs> certain things that happen um <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the plaza because i we haven't spoken uh ron since uh the plaza um talk talk a little you can talk a little bit about um kind of uh, the making of it, because it was such a, I, I mean this, it was truly a beautiful movie. Um, and I said it on the podcast, the Plaza was my favorite character in that entire movie. And so talk a little bit about that, just from a, a director's eye um, and what you were trying to, to do there. And then, uh, Nelson, we'll come to you afterwards and we can talk a little bit about making it and acting it and all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, thank you guys for the kind words about the Plaza, because I listened to that podcast and you guys were so... Uh, complimentary and so gracious about it. I really appreciate it because that movie meant a lot to me. And um, the, the creation of it was I have gone to the plaza for years and years, like decades, and always loved that hotel. The people who work there are great and the, the whole place. And I thought that's a great place for a Christmas movie. So um, my executive at Hallmark, Jennifer Phillips, and I were uh, talking about places we wanted to make movies. And I said, well, the plaza, of course. So uh, one day, last it's literally last April, like a year ago, uh, uh, next month, 
Um, I was standing at the bar, the Plaza Hotel, with a drink in my hand. The bartender took a picture. I posted the picture on Facebook, and I said, here I am doing research for my next movie, Christmas at the Plaza. I said as a joke. Monday morning, I get a call from Jennifer saying, if you're serious, we'll make that movie. So we began the process of getting the hotel to sign on, and there were two owners, two corporations on the hotel. So they had to sign on, both of them, to the story and the idea. So that was in April. I started that process because the GM's a, a lovely guy, George, and and uh, we talked about it then. And then um, they gave us the okay July the third to do this wow. thing. Wow! Wow! So I started writing the script July the fifth. We I delivered the script July twenty sixth, I think it was, and we were shooting that movie in New York at the Plaza. August 28th. Wow. That's crazy. Was the story, was the story, uh, is, is true about the, the ornament or the star, yeah. whatever. How did you kind of stumble? Like, was that something you already knew because you'd gone to the plaza, uh, throughout your life or did you reset? How did it happen? No, man, I made that up. That, um, that, uh, is that not that, true? No, the, the ornament uh, being different every year yeah. on the plaza tree is a true story. No. Yeah, what? Uh, I, we looked no. it up. There's no, no, they, they, they've back, they back, uh, they sort of back engineered that. Um, the truth was, uh, we have that tree, uh, we had that tree top on our tree at the house here and Eric and I bought it a couple years ago and I was trying to figure out what to do with it. I thought, well, I love that tree top or I love their tree. They all have a different tree every couple of years. They'll do something different. Like the year that Baj Luhrmann did, um, great Gatsby, they did the great Gatsby tree. So it was different then, but generally speaking, it's not a tradition yet, but it's going to become one. Wow. Uh, that yeah, is wild. But, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I thought, well, I wanted something historic, and I wanted her to be an, a, an archival historian. You know, uh, so I just made all that up. Wow. Because <laughs> um, I just love the idea of it all, and then the, and then it's become a thing. So now at the plaza downstairs in the gift shop, um, at Christmas time, they had uh, one of our, uh, our cousins was there. And she and her husband were there, and, and they sent me a picture, and they had a display set up. Because we weren't there at Christmas. We were there at Thanksgiving. They had a display set up with the movie and several of the ornaments and the tree topper that we used in the movie that they're now they've now licensed, and they're going to do as a tree topper there at the plaza. Whoa. So people are actually buying the thing to have the whole thing. They actually have a Hallmark um, Christmas movie room you can, you can uh, rent when you're at the hotel. Oh, my so gosh. You can, they have Eloise, for example. You know, the Eloise story was great. And we snuck Eloise in the movie. You can't tell, but we snuck her in. Um, and um, there's lots of little Easter eggs in that movie. But um, we, uh, uh, they have uh, the Hallmark Christmas thing. So you go in and you have a bunch of Hallmark Christmas movies and a whole Christmas uh, setup and chocolate and everything in the Hallmark Christmas hotel room at the Plaza Hotel. Wow. And you can, uh, That's unreal. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're, get, you're right? getting a cut of those tree toppers, right? Come on, such a good idea. Let's put it this way. <laughs> I have paid for a drink at the Plaza Hotel at any of the bars since last April. So wow. that's good. We really so. have to meet Ron Oliver at the Plaza. And, I mean, really. Mm-hmm. And for you, that's a lot of money. That, yeah. 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 What's a martini, yeah. a, a martini at the Plaza is what, $100? <laughs> like, what was that cost? <laughs> but here's the thing. They were so, I mean, I know these people pretty well now. The, 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 we knew the staff and everything beforehand, but, but they've all been, they were so gracious in doing it. And you, it's hard to explain. Actually, I, I get a little thing feeling it. I hope it's not the virus. Um, uh, yeah, a little thing. Like a good COVID um, joke there from Ron Oliver. <laughs> that um, that they, they just, they welcomed us so much and they took such good care of us. 
But actually making the movie, like every morning I would wake up because we stayed in the hotel where we shot the film. I'd wake up in the morning and go, my God, I'm making a movie at the plaza. I'm living at the plaza. I go downstairs in the morning and go to work with these wonderful people I've got to work with. And like every day was a dream. It was honestly, truly one of the like five most extraordinary professional experiences in my life. Wow. Wow. So let me ask you, I have two questions about the movie. The first is uh, the opening, like the plaza is beautiful and that's what sold me on the movie. But most of the times when I watch Hallmark movies, I start in a negative, like my capital accounts negative. I'm like, what kind of garbage am I going to watch today? This movie (laughs) opens up and it's, it is, it is Andy Williams singing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And an animated title card comes right up and I'm, I, I'm all the way back to zero. Like I'm not, I'm no longer in the negative, Ron, like the tight, like Andy Williams, that's you, you had to pay for that. Like, so first of all, is, was that a sell for you? Did you have to go, Hey, I want to start with Andy Williams, uh, Christmas at the Plaza. Cause most of the time these, this music is so nondescript. Like what, what was the thought process there? So, so I asked that question because that was Bill Abbott's legacy to me. That was the last gift he gave me. Wow. Because um, I had, uh, for the, the budget for that movie, we had a certain amount of money to have music. And we do the temp track for the film, and I'm score- when we're doing the editing and stuff, we put the temp track of music and temporary music to see how it works. And I had Andy Williams, Ella Fitzgerald, Frank Sinatra, my friend John Pizzarelli, who has this great uh, number in the middle of the picture. And I really wanted them because I wanted like sort of a New York vibe. Yeah. So I put the thing in the, in the temp track. And then we showed the movie to Hallmark, knowing that I'd never be able to afford this. And they came back and said, you know, here's some money. Wow. And it was between them and our exec producer, Karen Spiegel, who it was like a serious hero. Karen also produced, exec produced the um, Christmas train with me. Um, she was just, she pushed hard for that stuff and, and we got the music. And wow. it was really honestly one of the great thrills of my life. And there's, I had a Bobby Short song in at one point at the end when, the, when um, Elizabeth is with her computer, she's going to delete the guy's photo. And I had this great Bobby Short version of uh, uh, White Christmas. And they're like, yeah, it's just too, it's too morose because Bobby's voice is very specific. It's just too morose. And I love Bobby. But I said, okay, well, who can I have instead? So then I put in Frank Sinatra figuring we can never afford that. And then they said, okay, I have Frank Sinatra. Wow. Wow. Man, that's great. So it was amazing. I love that. I love that so much because it, like, you know, you, you go to these movies at Christmas time for the feels and, you know, you're watching the movie and it's beautiful, but to have that music under, you know, scoring it is just, it just takes it over, over that. It, like if it was just a random royalty free uh, song, it wouldn't have been the it same. Wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, worked, it, yeah. Like it just bring, it brought the whole thing together. Yeah. And so it was so good. Well, that, I'm glad you said that because so much of it is also, we make these Christmas pictures specifically so much of it is nostalgia and so much of it is the feelings that you have. A lot of the feelings that come forth in those films um, is from your own childhood. And so when I try to find the music for those movies, you just go back and you go, what did I listen to when I was a kid? And I want to have that feeling again, that wonderful feeling. And that's a big part of what that music did, I hope. Yeah. Nelson, when you, when you saw the finished product, did like, were you surprised to see those, oh. those numbers in there or like hear those numbers in there? Or were you just, did you know about that? Um, I didn't. I, I I knew that you had put them in the temp track, but I didn't know about the uh, final results. And when we got together at the the actual plaza to do the screening, 
uh, it was uh, it washed over me like for the first time, and it was it was super exciting. It was just great to. Uh, it's, it's so stirring to have that uh, music, but also the, it's it's such a historical place. Uh, it uh, it has such a historical place in in the history of America, the history of New York, but also the history of film. So to be there with all those elements together, and and to have uh, Frank and and all the all that music uh, uh, accompanying it, it was it was really really satisfying and really really um, uh, moving. So I loved it. Was, was that your first time at the Plaza yourself, like doing the acting? It was that your first time just encountering that enti- that whole experience of that. Well, I got to go for the screening right. uh, uh, of the of the film, but uh, we we shot somewhere else for for my stuff. Okay. Oh. But so it, it's all movie magic. It's 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 all smoke and yeah, mirrors. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't mention that. We shot um, a good chunk of the interiors, uh, some of the dialogue scenes, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, mm. in a hotel called the Ooh. Fort Gary Hotel. Now the Fort Gary, basically, I was really reluctant, but then I walked into the Fort Gary. I looked around and went, "This is like if you took the plaza and put it in the dryer too long." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Because it's the same architects did it. And so there's all this really stuff. So there's it's we have scenes in the movie where you go around a corner and you're from you're in New York, you go around a corner and you're in Winnipeg. So wow. it's it was a very it was a little tricky and, and the balancing act trying to That's make awesome. it all seamless was kind of tricky. Man. But um, you know, so you logis- do what you can. logistically, uh Ron, what what was the filming like in the plaza? Because you know, people go to the plaza expecting to have the plaza. Did you have to work around, like, you can only do it at 1 a.m.? Or what, what was kind of the logistics behind filming at yeah. such a historic place? Yeah, we shot from 5 o'clock in the afternoon to 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. wow. And people, the, the hotel guests could not have been nicer. Wow. It was amazing. I expected pushback because we're shooting in August, September, you know. But people loved it. Um, the, a couple of the folks there told me that the people had extended their stays at the hotel so they could watch the filming wow, for a few more days. Cool. Uh, I was really into it. And it was great. And then we went outside. We were shooting um, at the front of the hotel proper and over in um, uh, uh, Pulitzer Square there where the fountain and the uh, statues are. And uh, we're filming. You know, we got fake snow and Christmas trees and lights and all this stuff. And we're there shooting. I'm wearing a, like a pink seersucker suit because it's so Christmas. And uh, – <laughs> We're making the movie, and there are hundreds of people lining the streets watching us shoot this movie, and they're all gathered around. And I kept thinking, this is going to be a nightmare for sound. And I was like, they could not have been more lovely. They were so cooperative. Everybody watched. They would applaud at the end of a scene. I mean, they were just like, then these are New Yorkers, like hardcore, 58th and 5th Avenue New Yorkers. And they were just like so gracious. It was the most amazing. Again, I said before, but I, 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 again, another shiver. I think it's going to happen. I think I'm getting it. Uh, <laughs> he went back to the COVID well. Thank goodness. People said, there's no way he's going to do a callback to his COVID joke. <laughs> sure did. He did. Never sure underestimate did. Ron Oliver. Ron, I do have another question about the movie. This is my other thing that I really brought the movie home for me. Bruce Davison. I know that uh, that is not in and of itself a question, but when you wrote, <laughs> when you wrote this part, uh, I mean, Bruce Davison is such a great character actor in films, like in films in the theater. And he is a guy that played this part with such tenderness and really brought it to life. When you're writing this script and you're writing it quickly, were you thinking of Bruce Davison or were you like, man, I hope we can get Bruce Davison? Or did you know, like, how did all that come to be? 
I was actually thinking of Shecky Green. Um, uh, I'm going to take your word for that, that that's a funny joke. I don't get it. I don't get it. But I bet it's good. He was like a comedian, like from Vegas, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, (laughs) No, uh, uh, it's funny because I didn't know Bruce at all. So I write this role for this character and I try to make it as heartfelt and as meaningful as, as you hope for. And then you always, if you're lucky, you get actors who come in like Bruce and like that nitwit beside me who come in and bring so much more to these lines of dialogue in these scenes. So, uh, and it turned out that Bruce is a friend of our friend, Barry Bostwick. So okay. we have an aircraft passing over we have a, I we have a jet passing over there. It's a a military check. So, um, love a man in a uniform. So, uh, (laughs) Barry, um, Barry knew Bruce, and so I had, you know, said, "Well, what's uh, what's what's Bruce Davis? Why aren't you hiring me?" Well, Barry, because we just had. (laughs) So anyway, so 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 Bruce Davison was the network was like, "Yeah, this would be great." But you're thinking, this is a serious actor. Is he going to want to do some fluff, some Christmas fluff, you know? And he read it, and he loved it, and he got it. He called me on the phone and said, I love this. I totally know what I can do with this. And then he came in. I met him. He was the sweetest man in the world. And then he acts. And you're like, holy yeah. cow, this guy brings, like, so much to these lines. It's, it, it elevates everything that you do. When you have actors like him, him and, and, and Julia Duffy, you yeah. know? They just take these moments and everything elevates. These are people that we've all known and loved for years and years and years. And to have them in your film is like, what? So Barry Bostwick, you guys probably don't know who that is, but Barry Bostwick is Santa Dean. Oh, Barry Bostwick, who's a, you know, a legend of the screen. He's in another Hallmark Christmas movie this season and has one of the worst written parts of any Hallmark Christmas movie I've ever seen. And he still does everything he can with it, Ron. He really does, but it is, it's so, tough. Uh, we actually, uh, uh, Bruce and I FaceTimed Barry when we were at the lobby at the Plaza Hotel one afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> was like, Let's check it on Barry. And he was out, it was like two in the morning or something crazy. And he was out, I guess we were two in the morning. And he was outside and it was cold and raining. And he was like, I could be at the Plaza right now. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. I love that. So, uh, Nelson, you're filming not at the plaza, but in Canada, and you get to throw in some really great references. You get to throw in some Hitchcock references. You get to throw in some other stuff. Like, how game were you? Like, are you a big film guy? Like, did you know the background of there, or are you just like, whatever, Ron, I'll read it? <laughs> Pretty much. No, no. Uh, no. Well, the part of the education is, is, is from Ron, so... Uh, being, being at the plaza and being able to talk about North by Northwest and being able to uh, reference Cary Grant and and being able to reference Kay Thompson, it was uh, it's, it's just a dream and uh, to be part of that um, legacy of movies that are are actually, in the plaza. I was actually shocked at how many people in the in the audience uh, knew those references. Like that surprised me because the Cary Grant went okay, but the Kay Thompson one I thought was pretty you know out there. But um, people got it, and there, there's a scene in the uh, shot in the movie where this little girl's looking at a, the Christmas tree, and she's holding a biography of Kay Thompson. It was written yeah. by my friend Sam Urban, and I love that book. And so I grabbed a copy of it from the gift shop and had her hold on to it. 
And we had to get uh, permission quickly to use the book in the movie. So I called Sam and I said, can you get somebody to give us permission so we have clearance to use it? So they got the, the head, the, the, the president of the publishing house. And I, I think it's McClellan, maybe Simon Schuster, one of the big houses. And the guy like just sends us a text, goes, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead, use it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this is That's like great. serious stuff. Is there so, a yeah. – oh, go ahead. No, it worked out. I'm sorry. I, I we're, the connection sped up, and I th- I thought I wasn't interrupting you. I'm sorry. Um, d- is there an Easter egg in the movie that people haven't gotten, or like not many people caught that you put in there that like maybe was so, like flew so low that nobody caught it? I think so. I think that um, the the character of Eloise is copyright 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 whatever copyright uh, large. Don't <laughs> by I think it's owned by Disney. So you can't use Eloise. You can't use the character Eloise at all. But they have an Eloise shop downstairs. For those who don't know, Eloise is the, the legendary little girl who lives in the hotel. And Kay Thompson wrote a book about Eloise, a series of kids' books. They've made a couple of movies. So Disney owns Eloise. And um, uh, there's an Eloise shop downstairs. And you can go and buy little costumes and little pieces and things. So at the beginning of the picture, a little girl comes running into the hotel and we put her in sort of a rip-off, knock-off Eloise costume. And it's close enough to people who know it would go, oh, that's an Eloise reference. But not close enough that Disney's going to go, hey, that's an Eloise reference. So we're okay. But, you know. <laughs> so there's like a little thing in there that we, we kind of popped in. Dude, your Disney impression is <laughs> yeah, spot so on. good. Um, Nelson, I want to know what it's, what it's like for you – um, as a guy who has these, you know, you have the Kenny parts and it's, you're, you're, you're in the movie. We know you, but you're not the, the leading guy, unfortunately, not yet. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, ready for it. Thank we're you ready. for saying yet. Yeah. Okay. We're all, we're all ready That's for nice. it. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. We're all ready for it. Um, what's it like for you to, 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 what, what does it look like for you to film these movies? How long are you typically on set and what, it, what is it like for you to kind of dive in, do, do your thing, know that you're the Kenny and, and, and dive back out. What, what is that for you? It's, it's great. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's ever since I started really, the first movie I did was third man out. So it's, um, it feels like, it feels like being part of the family. I'm part of the family with, uh, uh, Ron and being on set is, um, with all the, the crew and, and the, the cast that I get to know it, it feels like I'm, I'm part of the, part of the gang and it, it feels really great. Um, it's uh, it's a great partnership. I feel like I'm like the Rob Schneider of Ron Oliver movies. <laughs> you know what's great? No, no, no. You know what's great about that reference is, is that Rob Schneider also played a part where he got to work at the plaza. That is what that is. A, that's a great reference. I almost brought it up earlier, and I'm like, nobody's going to go Schneider. And sure enough, Nelson went Schneider. He did it. Went Schneider. Um. So it's great, and I, I just soak it up. I mean, when when Ron's in town making movie, it's always exciting to have to to get to visit my friend and and to see him work. Um, but to then be a part of it is is extremely exciting, and it's the best film school um, uh, I can imagine. I've I've got all these greats working around me, and uh, uh, Christmas Train was a hoot. <laughs> Getting to work with uh, Dermot, yeah. and with with Joan Cusack and Danny Glover. Uh, but every single every single set is like that with all the different uh, the talent that comes comes on board. Uh, Nelson, do your Joan Cusack impression. Oh, I'd love to. Oh gosh, that. oh gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's perfect. She's just, 
She's great. She's just like so you know tender yeah. and sweet. <laughs> and oh gosh, like oh God, we love Ron. Loved, loved, loved that woman. She's just the best. Oh, oh I love her. Goodness. That's fantastic. What other impressions do you have, Nelson? <laughs> you got any more? Your Jackie and your Joan. <laughs> your Jackie and your Joan are both off the Everybody, charts. It's, I got a, it's a repertoire of people who start with the letter J. That's yeah. right. You got a Jack Nicholson? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was a good start. No, I'm serious. Do you have yeah, any more? Good. Are there any more go-to impressions for Nelson Wong? Because now I'm curious. Oh, jeez. Jack Nicholson. No, There's that bird. No, that bird uh, Jack, that just went by. <laughs> uh, uh, Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Oh, Jack Lemon. Yes. I love Jack Lemon. But I don't have like a handy... Um, I mean, my whole life is doing Jack Lemon, really. That's what that is. You have the word, Nelson. What's the one word? The Jack Lemon word. What's the word? <laughs> Salmon! Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. I was from Recipe for Love. Thank yeah. you. Can we just have, like, sound bites of Nelson doing these? And we can yeah. just play like just we're the, one of those, <laughs> like, shock jock radio shows. <laughs> 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 I want, I want to know, uh, <laughs> Nelson, you know, you've played Kenny. Did it 26? 26, that, 26? yeah. What what's your theory on Kenny? Um, because is is it Kenny its own Kenny, or is Kenny the same Kenny who just gets Travels. around? Yeah. Like, what's what He's is lived a full life? What is Kenny? Who is Kenny? Like this, I I think it's beyond me to to say. I'm just Nelson Wong. I'm just a human outside of movies that gets to visit. But Kenny lives beyond these. And I got to thank uh, you guys at the, the podcast for naming the Kennyverse. The Kennyverse, like, that's right. Putting your, putting your finger on that. Um, but I think it's theories. I have my theories. Um, he started off uh, being a, a sidekick to a private investigator. So I still think he's just undercover on jobs. Ooh, wow. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Ron, so that's, now, that's Ron, my theory. Where, when is, I know you've got a spec script for a Kenny Kwan detective murder mystery on Hallmark. Now, when's that going to be <laughs> finished? Real soon. We're going to get right to that. Uh, so wash my hair and then uh, get right on it. <laughs> Maybe that's an overseas one. Maybe that's an overseas movie yeah. we could be the premiere for. On there. Yeah. Now, Good idea. is uh, Kenny Quander cover? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Don't <laughs> Ron, are you against having Nelson come on the fun trips? Like, to like, <laughs> what happened with the plaza? Like, why, why did he just, just stay in Canada? Like, what, why? Oh, oh well, that's that's nothing more than paperwork. It's um, because to bring a Canadian actor into America is considerably harder than bringing an American actor into Canada. Stay and yeah. it's it's a it's a huge deal. We got to make the borders tighter. We got to make them more secure. No, no. Uh, yeah. I don't want to take any jobs away from those American actors. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You job stealing Canadian? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, Nelson. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's problematic. That was that's honestly the only reason. Because if I had my druthers, I'd have the same twenty five actors in every movie I make. I really would. I had the same crew and the same team in every film, uh, like a nice repertory company. But because you go, you know, cross borders and back and forth, I make movies down here. I make movies up in Canada. Um, uh, you have to kind of, you know, mix and match. And I've seen your druthers. Top yeah. notch. Top, Top notch, notch druthers. Notch druthers. Uh, I, uh, Kenny, do you... I, I work, you know. Uh, actually, if there, if there was a Kenny Kwan kind of character in America, it would be Alec Moffat. <laughs> that's the closest to, like, to a Kenny Kwan we have. That's the, uh, that's the, uh, it's, 
I've that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> what was the Alec who's Bob is a big hero of mine? Alec, who? Uh, we lost you. Can you hear us? Alec Mappa, Miss Mappa, the Alec Mappa. She's a, uh, an amazing Filipino Canadian, a Filipino American uh, stand-up comedian, personality extraordinaire, amazing actor. Uh, yeah, I, wow. I, I watch him all the time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know who this is. I just looked. I just looked he's, it up. He's Mr. Friddle in, in Henry Danger no, most recently. I looked he was him in up. Betty. He is. Yeah, he's in everything. Yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, uh, the Zohan. That's fantastic. Talk about Adam Sandler movies. Yes. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I hear you. I, I love, love Alec Mappa. So, um, so, so do you now, Nelson, all the Kennys just come to Canada then? Are you in Canada for, do you ever travel to the States to, to shoot a, a Ron Oliver picture? Or are you always in Canada? Well, I don't have my papers is the, is the issue oh, with the, the, I don't have my papers. Are I'm you not certified? Are, are, I'm not a certified actor. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? I know. Don't tell anybody. That's true. I'm not. I'm not board certified. Man, Ron yeah. Oliver is using illegals. He's, he's not even using certified actors at this point. Yeah, my certified. Uh, no, I'm not certified. I'm just not a certified actor. Yeah, well, yeah. now that we know that, it's even more offensive that we haven't been invited. I know. That's why. That's why Literally, nothing is stopping you. Nothing's stopping you. You just use anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I but the um uh, I I would love it for him to have, but it's it involves a green card and it's a whole thing and it's a, it's a major it's a major issue. It's one of those things that it it protects certain jobs, but I'm not sure that the arts necessarily should be under that category. I think there should be a somewhat more fluid um, procedure to allow for um, artists to travel and do their work because I, I there are so few artists that I mean good artists. There are so few artists that I think we should be encouraging bringing the world together with them all over the place as opposed to compartmentalizing it. You know, and I mean, look, we do, we watched Parasite win the best picture this year. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, amazing. what a good movie. Amazing film. And that's a picture that, that that's obviously South Korea. And the idea that it would come to America and be such a major, major hit speaks, I think, to the future as opposed to where we've been. And I think that's really, truly the future of filmmaking. I think we're going to see more films that are made with a collection of actors. And they've always done co-productions. They've all done that sort of thing. But, but I think there's going to be much more. I think the borders will become more porous when it comes to things like that because we need it. Yeah. More than anything. I love it. Is it rapid fire time? I think it's rapid fire How time. do we do the rapid fire? We still ask a question. They both get to answer. We'll okay. just do, what order do you want to go? You want to go Ron Nelson, Nelson, Ron? Well, let's, let's go Ron and then we'll end with Nelson. Okay. okay. So these are th- we, three questions from each of us that could be about legitimately anything. You got to answer first thing that comes to mind. Got it? Okay. Dan? Okay. Uh, Ron. Oh, Cotton candy. Oh, he doesn't ask. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. I have to ask the same it's question to both of them. Okay. Oh, yeah. my bad. Man, Cot- <laughs> what's your favorite carnival uh, sugary food? No. Uh, here we go. Uh, oh. what, what's your favorite, like Hi- favorite Hitchcock movie? Favorite Hitchcock movie? North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Oh, wow. mm. uh, favorite shop to pick up your uh, Hawaiian shirt set? <laughs> oh. Uh, there's a boutique that happens. Uh, a woman named Retro Ruthie uh, has an online site, and she goes and does boutiques at tiki events around the country. And a lot of the shirts that we get come from Retro Ruthie. Mm. And I, I was uh, for me, it's it, the vendors at Tiki Caliente. Yeah, Tiki Caliente, the festival tiki in Palm Caliente, Springs. Tiki Caliente, I love it. 
Uh, oh, wow. There's the vendors there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. Look at that. That's amazing. Um, let's say you're, you're making a sandwich for yourself. Uh, what, are you, what are you throwing on that sandwich? Or, or would you rather just someone make the sandwich for you? Would you rather go to a place? What's your preference? Um, when I have a sandwich, it's usually because I'm writing and my husband makes the best sandwiches in the world. Mm-hmm. So he makes me a sandwich and he brings it to my office and puts it on my desk and says, keep working. <laughs> what, what's what's, your, what's his go-to sandwich uh he has a lot of different ones yesterday was an amazing bacon lettuce tomato sandwich made with faux bacon because i'm vegetarian and it wow. was really good wow hint, hint, husband <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nelson? And i'd have to go with uh, if somebody else makes it it's like a, a glass of water you could always pour yourself a glass of water but the glass of water that's poured for you it just it just tastes that much better don't mm. you find like it just do an experiment with each other and put, it just tastes better. I don't yeah. know why. Do an experiment. Um, do you want, yeah, you're asking oh, people. It's a mix, Ron. Currently in. What is it? Water. It's a mix. Yeah. Oh, water's Sorry. a mix. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Currently in the quarantine. <laughs> I just want to be clear. Currently in the quarantine, Nelson Wong is telling people to make, let other people make their water for them. <laughs> I just want to be clear. That's oh, what ne- no, that's, that's what oh, Nelson no. is saying. This is problematic. Yeah. And now look at look what you did to Ron. <laughs> <laughs> look what you've done. Ron's just making COVID jokes over there now. All right. The most the most expensive drink. He's oh. behind this screen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most expensive beverage you've ever purchased or consumed. Oh, I can't wait. The, most like expensive answer. beverage. Most expensive drink. Um, gosh, the There's most so many. expensive drink. I, think- I can answer this one first. Yeah, you go ahead. The most, ex- the most expensive drink I've had was at the Russian Tea Room. For our plaza tour, it was a Bloody Mary, uh, a nice breakfast Bloody Mary. I think it was like seventy dollars. Wow! <laughs> Not sure. That is, but it was deep. it was delicious. That's up there. Seventy and it was, bucks. It was, it was from my my dear friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, here. yeah, but but it, it had it had horseradish hamburger. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> like all the stuff stuck on top of it. It's like this, you know. Yeah, bacon. I, I think I think the most expensive drink I've ever had was probably maybe that one, but maybe it was a tiki drink. I seem to recall having a hundred dollar tiki drink once at um, uh, uh, the Tonga Room downstairs at the uh, the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco in that big tiki bar downstairs. Wow! I think I had a hundred dollar tiki bar, a tiki drink there. The once. fact that you're not drink. sure if you had it or not means it probably was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might have had two, and I don't know. Because, it's hard to say. Your go-to vacation spot? My backyard. Mm. Ron's backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what was, uh, when, when you think back to when you were a kid, what was the, uh, the first uh, movie or, or something where you remember being like, I, I want that, I want to do that? What was the thing? Uh. I know exactly when. For me, it was a movie called The Stuntman, Peter O'Toole film, directed by Richard Rush. One of the most brilliant movies ever made about the difference between reality and fantasy and, and filmmaking. And I loved movies my whole life. My first movie movie I ever saw when I was a kid was The Party, the Peter Sellers film. I love that movie still. Um, but then I saw The Stuntman, and I was like, I want to be that guy. I want to make. I want to be a director like Peter O'Toole in the movies. And that was that movie. Nelson? Uh, for me, it's uh, it's it's either 
because if you if you go back the very first thing it was probably it might have been the 1960s batman series possibly because of the colors and all the moving and adam west but uh uh definitely like as a as a 12 year old i remember like john ritter uh in three's company just as work in three's company i was like this is that is the life doing that would be amazing and uh him bringing so much joy to people that's uh that would be an amazing career yeah Ron, if you were going to cheat on being a vegetarian, like what's the thing that you would eat to cheat on being a vegetarian? And Nelson, same question if you're a vegetarian. If you're not, your guilty pleasure food. A guilty pleasure for me or not, not what, no, what guilty would pl- me to guilty be pleasure. vegetarian? No, no, no. A food that is your, old, your favorite just like greasy whatever food. But for Ron, if you were going to eat oh. something that wasn't vegetarian, Ron, what would it be? Well, I can actually speak to that. Um, it's caviar. Caviar. I have, and that sounds really posh, but I have a no. I have a weakness, and we do it at um, when we finish this movie. Uh, my husband and I have a tradition that we have uh, breakfast uh, caviar for breakfast at the Palm Court at the Plaza Hotel. Um, so that's my that's my weakness, but it's also it's my guilty pleasure. I will do that, you know, wow. maybe once, maybe twice a year. Yeah, that answer is so. not posh at all. No, so no, don't no, worry. no, don't <laughs> don't you worry. No, no, no. <laughs> you just he wait, recommended wait till you hear mine. Mine's he, super posh. He recommended a tiki boutique to us. <laughs> I don't think it, posh is is out of the question at this point. <laughs> all right, Nelson, what you got? Well, just to slide it down to the other end of the spectrum, to be honest, my guilty pleasure, this can sound disgusting, but it's like those gas station burritos. Oh, my gosh. No, you got no, no, Not the huge ones, but like the little, like the size. That doesn't make it better. I don't know if you know that. Good gosh. The size of your cell phone. So you're oh. saying you know? you're the reason we're in this mess, is what you're saying. <laughs> Someone somewhere ate a burrito. Those gas station burritos are made to make you make better choices. They're not made to eat. <laughs> not a bat burrito, a burrito. <laughs> not a bat burrito. <laughs> Got That's em. great. So we got three of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what's your current favorite uh, TV show you're watching? Me? Yeah. Um, well, I, I binge watched that god awful Tiger King thing. Yeah. That I <laughs> hey, did Carol and kill her husband? I, frankly, having listened to Carol talk, I'll bet it was suicide. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but I don't know. I, that That show is just like. Everybody was so shocked and saying, oh, it's amazing. You got to see it. It's so jaw dropping. And I watched it and like I was a magician. So I know people who have big cats and that's pretty much business as usual. Those people are all nuts. Wow. So, there you have it. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, saw the I just started getting to um, 911 Lone Star. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the new Ryan Murphy. And it's just a cry fest every like seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> which I just I totally appreciate I'm just like oh this is good this works for me I just wish Ryan Murphy <laughs> I wish Ryan, Ryan Murphy would make more TV shows he just doesn't make enough TV shows the problem no not enough yeah. not enough um, I guess this is the last, last one. one I'll make it a good one um, what's something that you've lost recently that you're hoping shows up oh my gosh that's the dumbest question it's a good question ooh 
something that I've lost recently that I hope shows up. Um, hope. No. Uh, <laughs> Got another one in there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, 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 I don't really, I'm not big on stuff like on possessions. I, that sounds ridiculous. I know, but, um, I don't, I, if I lose something, I can't just move on. It doesn't really, it's just a thing. As you know? long as you so, have your caviar, you're good to go. <laughs> really true. You know, I mean, you've got to have a certain. <laughs> it's the little things. Nelson? I sound so horrible. Oh <laughs> no. Uh, I, you're like, I'll know after I hang up and I'll be like, oh, my God, where's that thing? But <laughs> right now, I don't know. I think. I think, you know what, there's probably about five uh, uh, headphones or earphones, yes. five sets of earphones that yeah. I just don't know where they are. And it, it does kind of freak me out that there's this, they just all go missing. I think they're just get, like hanging up on me or trying to hide from me. You know, if you made your bed, Nelson, maybe you'd find some of these. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's the audible books. That's probably what it is. It's like listening to them in bed. That's that's probably where it is. Wow. There you have it. Guys, check that out. We cannot thank you enough for uh, taking time out of <laughs> your quarantine day to spend with us here on Deck the Homework. You guys are awesome. We can't wait to see what happens next in the universe. You have another uh, mystery coming out. Uh, I don't know in the next month or so. Uh, w- do you know the details of when it actually airs or will I have to look uh, it up and tell people? Um, I have to look it up. I know. I think it's in August. Um, they talked about doing it in May, but I think they pushed that schedule. Because they have these, um, what are you doing, what are you doing Nelson? Nelson? Oh, I oh, see. Worth that's it. That's his call sheet. Picture. There it is. Yeah, it was. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I think it's in August. I'll let you guys know when I find it. Okay. Uh, last last I heard, I thought it was May. Right. So. Yeah, it was, and then they pushed it because they're doing all the Christmas movies during the quarantine, so uh, it's going to push the schedules all down a little bit. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. All right, we did it, everybody. We did it. We Thanks did it. so much. You guys rock. And uh, are we, do, are we yeah. done? May yeah. we be the first to wish you a Merry Christmas. Deck the Hallmark is a Brandon hey. Jam podcast presented by Friendly TV. Produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina at the flagship property studios on East Coffee Street. For more information, go to deckthehallmark.com.